Very good morning, everyone. It is Friday, February 17. The Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. And a very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. And it is a big day for the Australian cricket team. The second test in Delhi is, uh, let's face it, if they go 2-0 down, that's the Border Gavaska trophy gone. And they need to win the series to regain that trophy with India holding it as it stands. And uh, as I say, a very good morning to you, Pup. I mean, after what we saw heading into the first test, where no one predicted the dropping of Travis Head from the side, mm. I really don't know what to expect when they name the 11 this afternoon. Yeah, morning, boys. Uh, morning, listeners. Happy Friday. Uh, I have absolutely no idea, you know, what they're going to do. Um, going on what I've heard over the last few days, it seems like they're definitely not going to reinstate Travis Head, so they're going to stick with the same batting plan or setup. There's question marks over Cameron Green. Is he fit? It sounds like he is fit enough to play. So he'll come back into number six. Who do they keep at number five? Renshaw or Hanscom? Um, that's going to be the question mark, but it sounds like one of those two is going to play in front of Head. Um, Mitchell Stark sounds like he's not fit, so I don't think he will play. Now, if Cameron Green's in and he's been bowling in the nets, doesn't mean he's bowled 30 overs in a test match in India, but he's been bowling in the nets. Do they go Pat Cummins, Cameron Green, Scott Boland as the three quicks and the two right-arm offies? They can't drop one of the right-arm offies now after what's just happened in the first test. Do they go Cummins, Green, and pick the young left-arm orthodox to have another youngster make his debut? So you go on really one fast bowler, one all-rounder, three spinners. Honestly, I, I just think they have they have put themselves in in such a tough place. I, I, I want to know where is Ashton Agar? Oh, is well, Ashton Agar still in India? Yeah, well, if if they pick Kuderman over Agar, what a, I mean, that's his confidence rocked as far as his national his selection name chances hasn't, forever. His name hasn't been spoken about. I, I would have picked him for the first Test match. Well, his name's been spoken about in all the reports from the people covering the series over there in that he is bowling poorly in the nets without confidence and uh, they're certainly worried about what he can produce there if he's picked. Well, this is the only thing. Selectors, captain, coach. I know so many players that were batting horribly in the nets and walked out and made a hundred or a double hundred or a triple hundred. The nets don't count. If you want to ruin someone's confidence, then bring in another deputant and throw him over the top of him. Like, come on! And if, and if, if uh, um, Ashton Agar is struggling that ba- that bad, then you'd think it'd be better for him health wise to put him on a plane back home, get away from the game for a bit, be with his family if he's struggling that bad. Because they've been in India for long enough. If they haven't been able to turn his bowling around in the nets. And he's still not bowling well. It's not working. Whatever they're doing is not working. So get him out of there. You're not going to pick him. If you're not going to pick him now, you're not going to pick him at all. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, yeah, look, today's a massive day, you know, a massive day. It's hard enough to win in Delhi at full strength, full of confidence, playing your best cricket. At the moment, I reckon, I don't, I, well, I'm sitting here telling you, I've, I've been a part of selections with that Australian team for a long time. I have no idea what they're going to do. You get the feeling they didn't really know either heading into that first test anyway, which you can't believe considering all the apparent planning that had gone into the series. Uh, Loza, morning. Morning, boys. Um, talking about the Australians, I tell you what, I watched a little bit of the New Zealand-England test match yesterday, mm. and I know we were laughing Oof. about baseball, but jeez, didn't they go after the game there? The, the Changing bombs. the game, Loz, aren't they? I tell you what, five and a half and over, uh, runs and over, and they declared um, and gave themselves a what an hour and a half to to bowl to the Kiwis. They've grabbed three wickets. I tell you what, if Australia are struggling against India and they go over there to England with a lack of confidence, if they get dusted up over there, this will be a wonderful Ashes series. And I, I don't know, England under. Um, McCullum, they they have they've they've turned it around. They're playing confident. They've unearthed a couple of young, exciting batsmen. 
Um, they've still got the you know the Andersons and, and Broads there, but uh, young Duckett and Pope and, and Brook, these type of players, they're going to be a, a force to be reckoned with, I think. Yeah, we'll chat about that this morning. It was it was madness. Some of the some of the cricket I had it on in the background mm. yesterday afternoon, and some of the shots I saw that for dismissals. Some of them, it was mad, mad pup. So, For test match cricket, oh, yeah, different, wasn't incredible. It? So yeah. we'll chat about that through the morning. But uh, Loz, a great weekend of footy ahead of us. Last week of trials until we see, I guess, footy in earnest in round one. But there is a game with serious uh, implications, and that is the World Club Challenge. Penrith and St Helens really looking forward to it. Uh, we haven't seen a World Club Challenge in Australia since 2018 when the Melbourne Storm beat Leeds. It's going to be played in oppressive conditions there, although they've delayed the kickoff by 50 minutes to 10 to 7 uh, in the West there on Saturday evening. And, uh, well, St Helens have said it'll just about be their biggest achievement in the club's storied and long history if they can pull this off. And the tab agrees it would be because they're 19 and a half point outsiders. Oh, you can understand why. The conditions are certainly against them. They're taking on the back-to-back premiers here in the NRL competition. And we regard ourselves as the, you know, the best nation and the best competition uh, that plays rugby league in the world. Uh, they've had one trial game against the Dragons. They won that game, but taking on Penrith a different proposition altogether. Now, Penrith aren't as strong as what they were in the grand final. They've lost both their back rowers in Kickout and Liam Martin, and that takes away some strike. Dylan Edwards at the back, uh, he's not there also. Um, Abby Coruscant is not there. Um, so, look, if the St Helens team are going to win, they get every opportunity to do it. Uh, they've come out here, they've prepared strongly, uh, but this Penrith team is just a juggernaut. They have that next man up mentality. They seem to get the job done regardless of who's in that team. And while ever you've got, you know, Fisher Harris in the forward pack, you've uh, leading the way, then you've got the creative halves and the genius of um, Nathan Cleary. Uh, Steve Crichton gets an opportunity at fullback. We know that he's moving on at the end of this season to go to the Bulldogs to play in his preferred position at fullback. So he'd be keen to, to put in a big performance. But yeah, St Helens, this would be a, a magnificent achievement if they can win. Although, having said that, Mido, I, I think that... Um, you know, I think they'll, they'll, they'll be better than what we think, mm. St. Helens. Uh, quarter football, a few more interchanges, Penrith not being at full strength. Uh, I don't think they can win. I, I don't think they'll win, um, but I think they'll make a good game of it. Yeah, St. Helens have won the past four Super League titles. We talk of Penrith's dominance here. Well, St. Helens have absolutely dominated. I think they've won 83 of their last 102 matches over there in the UK. Uh, boys, and for all our listeners as well, it is an extremely sad day. We've got some awful news. Dean Lester died yesterday, aged 54, after a short but brave fight against a rare form of cancer. And we'd faced with this news recently. It was a great indication of just how much he was loved when his employer, RSN, our friends uh, down south and his mates, they rallied to set up a GoFundMe page and very quickly raised nearly $300,000 as the burden of well, medical expenses and mortgage payments became immense. And uh, this was something that Dino was you know, embarrassed about. He didn't want uh, that sort of help. But uh, uh, those who love him certainly said, no, we're going to do something for you. And uh, a lot of people, just rank and file, who've obviously followed Dino over a long period of time, contributed to that. And, uh, well, Dino, he, he was faced with a lot of challenges over the course of his life. He was born with spina bifida. And for the last 20 years or so, he had to be aided by a mobility scooter. But he was never one to complain. Just went about doing what he does best, and that is finding winners. And, and Dino, he was just simply a great Aussie bloke. He loved the game. The game that is racing. And, you know, he had the privilege as well. He had a share in the 2016 Newmarket Handicap winner, the quarterback. Trained by Robbie Griffiths, and there were great scenes there, emotional scenes. As a bloke who'd basically been at the racetrack all his life, had a Group One win in an iconic Australian race, that Newmarket Handicap. Whenever you saw him trackside, he'd always say good day, always have a chat, treated everyone equally, was universally adored. What a tipster! What a legacy! Friday mornings, you saw it on our text line. The, the demands: give us Dino's tips, give us Dino's tips. And I'm sure just about everyone who's had a punt who listens to us, I'm sure at some stage he had a, something on something that Dino suggested. Uh, and uh, what a legacy indeed. A very sad day. Very, very sad day. And, and thoughts and prayers go out to his mother, Sandra, and his partner, Leanne, and all his friends 
uh, very close friends. And uh, Loz, uh, just, you know, someone that, you know, I didn't know Dino that well, but knew him well enough to always say good day, have a chat, and he just treated everyone equally. And you saw it on our text line that mm. just anyone who's had a punt, they wanted a piece of what Dino was on. Yeah, oh, he was a legend of the industry, Mido. He was someone that people admired. He was someone that people went to to ask questions. Um, you know, jockeys highly respected him. Trainers highly respected him. Um, punters uh, loved listening to what he had to say about horses. Uh, he, you'd never heard him uh, complain. Uh, he had some challenges all the way through his life. Uh, it's just sad news. When I heard it uh, last night, I was quite devastated because, again, a bit like you, Mido, I, I didn't know Dean that well. Um, knew him to walk past, say good day to, um, and, and move on. Um, but everyone in the industry tells you what such a great fella he was and only 50 years, uh, 54 years of age, taken way too soon. So our thoughts and prayers are with the family. Uh, I'm sure the racing industry will continue to pay tribute to Dean in the coming days and the coming weeks, but we've lost a true giant of the industry. And just before we get to the headlines, a lot of tributes already for the great Dino on the text line here. So sad to hear the passing of Dean Lester. I've never met him, but from whatever... Uh, has said, been an absolute champion bloke and what an absolute champion tipster, RIP. Uh, just no name to that one. We lost one of the good guys overnight. Not a Saturday went by without a mate sending a message asking for Dino's numbers. An absolute ornament to the sport of racing, says Willow from Windsor. Uh, Matt at Bowgala, uh, gents are a tweet from Tony Brassel about the passing of Dean Lester. Please pass my condolences on to his family, says Matt at Bowgala. And uh, more as well here. Mitch from Robertson. Very sad news about Dean Lester. The racing family lost a good one last night. Absolutely. And uh, there's many more here as well. Condolences to the Lester family. Uh, and uh, keep them coming. 0419767272. Very, very sad day. Back page of the Daily Telegraph. The Delhi Grind is the headline there. Australia is willing Warner towards a farewell ashes tour this year. Uh, is uh, the headline here? <laughs> the end. You, you, the narrative on David Warner is picked up again. I mean, it went yeah. away as it does, Clarky, yeah. when he made two hundred at the MCG in his hundredth Test match. But you, you get the feeling now, and I've always well, because the thing is, when you look at it, who's the obvious replacement? There isn't one. No. Well, well, people say now say maybe Travis Head can open the batting. No, this is another example where we in Australia always think the grass is greener on the other side. And then someone goes and retires, and then we spend the next week talking about, oh, what a legend, how great a player he was. Someone goes, duck, 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 and go, oh, do you reckon Warner could have played for another year? So do you reckon he could have played one more Ashes series? Do you reckon he could have played, like, you know? So we miss his intent at the top of the order. We miss his energy in the field. Like, mate, we do it every, every single day of the week. We do it in this country more than anywhere else in the world. It's okay to drop someone, but you've got to have someone better to pick. Tell me who's in a better position right now to walk out and open, in, open the batting for Australia in India, conditions that are so hard, had experience there, knows how to play there, had success there. Tell me the answer. Tell me the answer. And when you drop someone at that age, they're gone for good. They don't get another chance. You know, different if we had a number of players that had been over in India and scored a truckload of runs that you got the option to pick. Man, you can make as many runs. If if the first test is not a great example. I've been sitting here bragging about this Australian batting, saying, you know, look at the experience we got. Look at how, you know, they're coming into this test series in, in form. These guys got bowled out for 177 and 90-odd. You can make as many hundreds as you want in Australia. Batting in India in a test match is very, very different. Dave Warner has to play this test match. They oh. made a mistake in not picking Travis Head, Right. So reinstate him back in his position where he's ranked fourth in the world at the moment. Bat him at number five where he belongs. Keep the batting order how it was through the summer because those players are in form. That gives us our best chance. Doesn't guarantee Warner's going to make 100. Doesn't guarantee Travis Head's not going to get a golden duck. But they're your best chance. If they dropped Warner, that would be out and out panic. He made a double hundred two test matches ago. (laughs) Yeah. Boxing Day, double hundred. I know his numbers don't look magnificent over the last 12 months, but, mate, he averages 
40, I'm guessing, 46, 47 as an opening batsman uh, in 100 test matches. The guy can play. Like, how many times have we relied on him and he's come good for us? This is where you've got to back these players. And Dave, he'll know. If he makes no runs in this series, he'll either retire before the Ashes or know the Ashes is going to be his last crack. Like, you know when you get to that age, when you're struggling, how your body's feeling, how your mind is. And it might be a conversation from a selector or from a mate or from a captain or from a leader. Ask how he's going. See where he's at. Have an honest conversation if that's where, if that's where the situation's at. But the way we do this through the media, I, I, I just think it's so disrespectful. The guy's been one of our great opening batsmen. He got a double hundred two test matches ago, and we're going, okay, get rid of him and open the batting with Travis Head. What? He changed the game, David Warner. Mate. We forget that. Like, he was plucked from 2020 cricket. Well, hang on, hang on, Mate. hang on. No, well, I'm not going to dis- uh, disagree with that, but you're talking about <laughs> putting a guy in Travis Head who was dropped because why? <laughs> Yeah, I know. He, he couldn't handle the conditions. As, as, at best, at best, at best, they might give head what two overs no, of pace, and then Ashwin. they're going to put on a spinner. No, yeah, they'll open the bowling with Ashwin. Bowling, That's yeah. exactly. If yeah. I was captain of India and Travis Head now plays, <laughs> Travis Head walks into the team. I'm stopping the entire game, saying, "Fast bowler, go yeah. and sit on the couch." We are only bowling spinners because of what the selectors have done. 100%. I don't care if you bats at 1 it. or 11. I'm only bowling spin to him. Uh, a few texts here. <laughs> uh, f- uh, back page of the Australian, by the way. Cummins puts his money on Warner finding a way. Um, Pup, come on. He made a double turn on a road. Moved the ball one centimetre. Oh, and my he's got God. <laughs> Who wrote that? Is there a name? <laughs> Cannot take him to England. May as well start one for none. Oh, uh, my God. Pup Warner doesn't stay out there long enough to make a difference. He hasn't performed outside of Australia for years. Oh, Why are you defending him? A mate. double hundred in Australia. Australia, capital letters. Cheers, Chris. Oh, Any word on how mate. Will Pukowski's going? He was meant to be the next big thing, says Fury the Scone Dribbler. Well, he's only recently, I think he's been playing some great cricket. cricket. Yeah, yep. Dan, as he's again, uh, you know, he's been battling not only concussion issues, but he took some time out, I think, for mental health reasons yeah. again yeah. as well. Um, but, but the point of these texts, Clark, is that the sentiment of yeah, the Australian I get that. public. I get that. I get, and I understand it happens to everyone mm. at the end of your career, the back end of your career, there does come a time. Right, and if you're not performing, well, you're judged harder as you get older. You, you, you're judged harder. There's no more room for you know potential. The word potential is dead. Do you so know true. what I mean? When you're younger, you get a bit of a long. You get longer with without copping slack because there's potential, there's age, there's growth, there's development, all of that. I understand that. And again, Davey would know his numbers are not as good as they need to be if for these conversations to disappear. So knowing Davey. And knowing anybody that's, you know, playing for Australia, he would be working his backside off to turn things around. The only thing I'm saying, we're under pressure. We have to win this test match. I would be banking on a senior player that has done it before, that has got a double hundred two test matches ago. I'll be banking on him rather than changing that and bringing, you know, opening the batting with Renshaw or Hanscom or bringing Travis Head back in to open the batting. I, I, I don't think, if you're taking Davey on this tour, I think you've got, to give him, you've got to give him every crack. You have to. Imagine we won this test match. Imagine what we'd be saying. One of the greatest victories right. in Australia. And Renshaw history. gets a double hundred, <laughs> batting at five, no Travis. But, that's my, oh. but that was my point in the first year. I, trust me, I wanted Renshaw to make runs. I knew everyone needed to make runs for us to win the test match, and it's no different in this test. So I'm not saying it's a mistake in dropping Travis Head based on Renshaw making runs or not making runs. I'm saying it was a mistake dropping Travis Head before a ball's bowl. That's a poor decision, in my opinion. So if they go Renshaw again today, mate, I hope he does. I like Matty Renshaw as well. I think he is a future Australian player, probably at the top of the order. But I'd love to see him go and make 100. That'd be great. And then the coach and the captain and the selectors can walk around and say, told you so, told you so. Even if he makes a double 100, I'm disagreeing. I think Travis Head should be batting at number five for Australia. He's earned that right, in my opinion. And I think David Warner should be opening the batting. Plenty of tributes here on the text line for the great Dean Lester. Uh, never met Dino, but didn't think there is anyone that loves the game as much as he did. Hands down, the only tipster I ever fully followed. Uh, and it goes on to say, I stopped doing Melbourne form years ago, but just simply followed his tips every Saturday. Cup day, Oaks day, etc. Punt in peace, Dino Racing. Lost a good one. Cheers, James, sending that one through. 
Uh, Dino from the Gong also says very sad news regarding the passing of Dean Lester. The factor, morning boys, RIP, Dean Lester, a tipster's tipster, says the factor. And if you are just tuning in, uh, the extremely sad news came through late last night that Dean Lester died yesterday, age 54, after a short but brave fight against a rare form of cancer. Just such sad news. And uh, keep your tributes coming on the text line, 0419767272. Give us a call, 135353. Now, this text here about the World Club Challenge. Hi, Loz, what are your thoughts about the World Club Challenge? I give St Helens a big chance and $6.50 in head-to-head betting on the taps. Pretty juicy odds, if you ask me, says Brendan from Canberra, thinking that they can pull off, well, the impossible. But look, look, if you were going to make the case, Loz, and it's a tough case to make, obviously, very, very tough case to make, you've got, you know, a Penrith side probably... Well, I don't want to say underdone's the word, but you know, it's some new combinations, particularly in the back row. You've got Stephen Crichton got moving a third to of their side. You've got a third of their side missing. You know, you've got Dylan Edwards not there. You've got two back rowers not there in Martin and Kickout. You've got Happy Coruscant not there. And they're strike weapons. And at the back of the field, Dylan Edwards does so much work for this. Penrith outfit, but they are playing in their conditions, and St Helens, you would think, would struggle. So if I'm making a case for St Helens, you're talking about the fact that they are champions, they know how to win big games under pressure. Regardless of what competition you're doing, when you win four in a row, you're pretty good. And they come out here to Australia, um, they've got a world-class hooker in James Roby, um, they've got some exciting young backs in Dodds, um, and Lomax, uh, the 5'8", the Wellsby, the fullback, uh, is a very, very good player. Um, it's quarter football. Um, I could make a case for taking the start with St. Helens. Mm. But just overall, I think the class, the composure of Cleary, Isaiah Yo will be enough to get Penrith home. Penrith might be a bit rusty. It's their first game. Um, and the ball might get a bit slippery because of the conditions. Um, and they might, may not be able to move the football as well as what we've seen them do in the past. Uh, but for mine, I just think that Penrith being at home, playing in these conditions, they want to start the season off well. It's a different challenge rather than just rolling out and playing a trial match. You know, they know there's something to play for, and everything we've seen Penrith do over the last couple of years has been excellent. But I could, I, I could take the start with St Helens. I certainly couldn't back them in the head-to-head, even yeah. though it's $6.50. Yeah, it would be some upset. Some upset, to say the least, if they could pull this off St. Helens. But uh, I think I'm with you, Loz. I think the 19 and a half, although the worry is they're competitive for 60 minutes in the heat. They just melt late. And, well, uh, that's the big concern, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And, and they, you, know, you can just see the Panthers ending up winning like 36-12 or something like that after it's, you know, 18-12 with 20 minutes to go or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, therefore, could, it blows your, uh, your plus 19 and a half out of the water. Yeah, I could see it happening like that too. Mm. Look, the, the, the conditions will be stifling. And I know they've said they've come out here to acclimatise and they've had you know nearly two weeks out here. But a Penrith heat compared to what they get over there in St Helens in the summer would be completely different. All right, your multi, it is open, Loz. Come on, bring it home. What have you All got right. for us? So this is what we're going to do, Mido. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go to the Millie Fox, which is race six. And we're going to go number six, a horse called Roots. We need her to run top four. So we need Roots to run top four. Then we are going race eight in the Hobartville. Number eight, Osipenko to run top two. Uh, After Cabin will be pretty hard to beat, but Osipenko finished off strongly. Uh, last start, and I think he's a really, really good horse. So I'm hoping that he'll be improved second up uh, from the Chris Wallace stable, and I'm hoping that he can finish in the top two. So uh, that's the BSB multi for this week, and if you want to be a part of that, Mido, that's paying $6.50, I believe. Okay, so in the Millie Fox, Roots to run top four. And then in the Hobartville... Osipenko from the Waller Yard. We've got two Waller horses here, of course, to run top two. $6.50. Tab app, tab website, click on sport, 
and today's offers. Sport and today's offers for uh, the Big Sports Breakfast Best, the multi this morning. Uh, John from Wingham. G'day, all of England's mantra is let me entertain you. Then the Australian selector's mantra must be dazed and confused. How can we have this much indecision and lack of clarity regarding selections for such a massive series? Asked John from Wingham. John, I think I said exactly the same thing to Clark as we walked in the studio here this morning. Mm. Well, it wasn't this, uh, didn't, hadn't we done all this amazing planning for this series? And I know that obviously the fitness of a couple of very key players, uh, you know, obviously let us down in the fact they weren't available heading into the first test and still very much touch and go heading into the second test this morning. But uh, I think, John, I think that's a question mark or a question we're all asking at the moment is uh, how does it seem so indecisive? And Stephen Awaga says, morning, boys, no confidence in the selectors and Pat Cummins' decision-making in India. Different conditions compared to Australia, says Stephen from Wagga as well. Um, there's a stack more here as well on the text line. I'll get to them. Uh, Morty boys, can you ask, Pup, what is the risk of Australia dropping Boland and playing an extra spinner? Asks Michael from Lane Cove, sending that one through. So uh, that would uh, that would well, that would be assuming that Cameron Green's fit, I guess. Yeah, that I, he would I, I be think, the second. I quick. think Scotty Boland did a good job in the first Test match. I know he didn't pick up wickets, but you remember you got to have someone bowling from the other end as well. So. Yeah, I think the expectation that you're going to walk... This is this is the other concern that I've spoken about. The expectation you're going to walk out and make 400 runs or 350 runs quickly is, is not the case. You have to bat time. And the same to take your wickets, I think, out the Australian way. You look at when we have had success there, it's been patience, good execution, ball after ball after ball. As the game goes on, you get more natural variation. But, you know, you could, be, you could lose a toss and be bowling on an absolute belter. So I think the key to picking your attack, your bowling attack, is variation. I think you want to be able to change things up when need be. So, you know, I don't know how fit Cameron Green is. I don't know how many overseas he's going to be able to bowl. So I think there would be a lot of risk just playing Cameron Green and Pat Cummins, for example. Sounds like that's what they're going to do. And you've got spin options. You, they have to pick both off spinners because of, you know, uh, form in the first test match and Nathan Lyons... Can't drop Nathan You Lyons. can't drop Lyons. So they're going to play. But you've also got... If Travis Head plays, you've got another right arm off spinner as an option. You've got Marnus Labuschagne, bowls leg spin as an option. You've got Steve Smith who can bowl some leg spin as an option as well. So I, I just think we've got enough bowling. You know, the part-time spinners in India, particularly in the second innings, become better than part-time. That's what, another reason I can't believe I didn't pick Travis Head. Because his bowling is very handy. If you went Nathan Lyon, Ashton Agar, or Swepson, spinning the ball away as an option, then you've also got Travis Head to spin the ball back in if Nathan Lyon gets tired. But, yeah, they're not doing that now. So who knows what's going to happen. Also here on the text line, morning fellas, if the Aussies lose four zip to India and get convincingly beaten by the Poms, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but does Andrew McDonald and Pat Cummins' roles become under fire? Asked Jamie from Penrith. Well, let's see how this all plays yeah, out. Let's win day one today yeah. and then have a crack at winning this test match. Yeah. I think that's that's the point of like us talking about it. I think every Aussie wants to see Australia win, especially in India. We haven't won there since 2004. And in England, we haven't won there since 2001. So I think you know all of this conversation around it is not about you know, wanting Australia to lose. It's we're asking these questions, certainly past players, we're asking these questions because we're going, hang on, that's we don't think that's gonna help us win. We think by picking Travis Head at number five, because of the summer he's had, because he's currently ranked fourth in the world in the test batting rankings, he's as confident as he's gonna be. We think by picking him at number five would have given us more chance of winning the test. And he can also bowl. So, yeah, I hope whatever they go with, I just hope we learn from the t- first test and we come out and play a lot better. Uh, by the way, the odds for the second test today, as you could imagine, we are significant outsiders with Tab uh, to win. I've just lost it at the crucial point here. But, uh, yeah, we are $4. India are $1.45 favourites. And the draw paying $7.50 with Tab for the second test starting today. Now, a reminder, the Big Sports Breakfast Lunch, it is next week, next Friday, at the Wing Stand at Royal Ramwick, and anyone who purchases two tickets to the BSB Lunch in one transaction from the ATC's website this week 
So you've got to do it today. You go into the draw to win eight more tickets, so you get a full table after buying the first two. So uh, take eight other mates, wherever they're from, punters club, sports team, social club, family, for free after you've bought your two tickets. Eight more possibly could be yours. And there at the wing stand at Royal Randwick, drinks package included, great entertainment. And uh, just go to australianturfclub.com.au, australianturfclub.com.au to secure your seats and the chance to get a full table for the Big Sports Breakfast Lunch next Friday. Okay, the Sydney Roosters for season 2023 and the Roosters last year. Well, they finished sixth, 15 wins and nine defeats. And, of course, they lost that infamous elimination final to South Sydney, 30-14 to 14 there at Allianz Stadium. And you look at their gains and losses for this year. So they've got Brandon Smith, the big one, obviously, from the Melbourne Storm. Corey Allen comes from Canterbury. Jackson Powell from South Sydney. Jake Turpin comes from the Brisbane Broncos. They've lost the likes of Sam Verrills, has gone to the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, Siwa Takiaho, such a great servant for, for the Roosters, wasn't he? He's gone to the Catalans, as has Adam Kieran And, uh, well, they lost Daniel Saluka for Fita last year, went across to South Sydney. Uh, and their odds with Tab to win the Premiership, their second favourites, the Roosters, $5.50. Uh, they're $2.75 to make the grand final, $4.75 to win the minor Premiership, $1.60 to be in the top four, and $1.15 to make the eight. If you think they could tank, $4.75 to miss the top eight, the Roosters. But, uh, Loz, I think you've said ever since uh, the end of last season, they're going to be just about back amongst... The grand final, uh, well, I guess, contenders in season 2023. I think they're the team to beat, Mina. You know? I'd have the market the other way around. I'd have them on top. I, I think Ahead of Penrith. One... Yeah, yeah. Penrith um, will be you know, difficult, and we know they've got a production line out there, and they'll replace those players that have, have moved on. But when I look at this Roosters side, I saw the momentum they started to create towards the end of last year. They just got... Plenty of injuries, which knocked them about, and then they lost their way in that final against South Sydney. They just played with emotion rather than their head, uh, and I think that was a good lesson that they would have taken in the off-season, um, and they know that they can win big games. But when you look at their strike in the back line, I don't know whether other sides have got this strike. Tedesco, Manu, Swali'i, Kiri, Sam Walker. And then you've got you know guys like Daniel Tupo that can finish. Um, you know they've bought um, you know a Corey Allen if they get some injuries. You know Billy Smith got injured towards last year. Jackson Paulo. Uh, they've got guys with first grade experience that will be players that can fill in for them throughout the year. Momoroski's another one. So they've got a bit of depth. Then you look at their forward pack. You know, Lodge, I thought, was terrific at the back end of last season. He and Wira Hargreaves leading the charge up front. That's for getting Lindsay Collins as well, uh, who went away on that World Cup tour for Australia. Uh, so they've got um, three wonderful front rowers. You've got Brendan Smith, who's coming from the Melbourne Storm. Uh, a back row, you know, you've got Crichton, you've got uh, Radley. Um, Tupanua got injured towards the end of last year. Uh, there's massive wraps on, on Wong. Um, so for mine, they've got edge back rowers that can break the line. They've got forwards that will get over the advantage line. They've got creative halves. They've got strikeout wide. And I just don't see them missing top four. I, I think they're a dead set certainty to finish top four. And again, anything can happen when you get to the finals. But for me, I've got the Roosters on top. I think they're a well-rounded team. They're well-coached. Trent Robinson, they're after success. I heard James Tedesco being interviewed by Denny, uh, Denny Widler the other day on Channel 9. And he said, if they don't win a premiership, then it hasn't been a successful year for them. They aim for premierships. I think they've got the squad to do it. Not, It doesn't always pan out like that. But I just don't know how they miss out on top four. I, I just look at this roster and go, wow, this team would be good in any era. <laughs> they look strong, pup. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Very, look at, very look at good. the strike in that back line. Yeah. I think, Tedesco, yeah. Manu. I worry about Luke Carey. Swali'i. With the concussion yeah, stuff. Cool. I worry about him. So they got a plan B to come in and play number six. Um, but they got options all around. Like, if, even if Tedesco gets injured, for example, they got they got two options to play fullback. Like, they just got... 
Compared to other teams, like I think that's the one thing we talk, we've spoken about a lot, Loz, in when you've done these previews of each team. The bench and then post the bench, the injuries, the rest of the squad, what have the teams got? Where you look at the Roosters, it seems like they've got a lot more stock to choose from to even for a game, if someone goes to origin or if there's an injury or if there's a head knock, to replace the major positions. I, I think you've hit, hit it on top of the head. Clarky, I think they've got good depth. Uh, you look at their team, if Tedesco, something happened to him for a short period of time, you could move Joey Manu back yeah. there. You could put Swali'i uh, back there. Uh, if something happened to Luke Keary, you could bring in Drew H- uh, Hutchison, who's mm-hmm. been terrific yeah. uh, for them over the last 18 months. Uh, they've got some good young back rowers in young, uh, uh, I think it was Egan Butcher. Mm. Um uh, you know, Nat Butcher, uh, these type of guys. Uh, you've, uh, Jake Turpin is another yeah. option if something happened to Smith as, at the hooker position. Um, and they've got some really big, strong front rowers underneath Wirra Hargreaves, Collins and Matty Lodge. Um, and again, you know, they haven't won a comp for a while. Um, last year, I, I, I thought they were building nicely, but then injuries uh, hurt them towards the back end of the season. And that game against South Sydney, they just lost their way. They got caught up in the emotion. They got caught up in trying to take South Sydney on and trying to bash them out of the game. Um, and they were playing an aggressive style of football. Um, and sometimes that's hard to do consistently throughout a season. Um, but what I saw from them last year, without some of their superstars, you put those superstars back into this team, I just don't see how they miss the top four. That's the Roosters for season 2023. Give us a call, 13.53.53, and the tributes continue to come through on the text line, 0419767272. Very sad to hear the passing of Dean Lester. I was a big fan of his insightful tipping. My heart goes out to his family. He'll be sorely missed by punters like me who made sure when he tipped, we were by the radio with the biro, making sure we had them for the day's punt. Saturdays will be very different moving forward. Cheers, Dal from Temworth, sending that one through. And good old Finn Shop there at St. Michael's Golf Club as well, says RIP Dino, male king, says Finn Shop. Uh, Papa and I in the studio here just watching the Genesis Invitational on the PGA Tour, and Billy Horschel's just given all us hackers just that bit of hope. Mm. Here he is on the edge of the green, on the fringe, and you know he's got the, he's got the wedge out to do a chip, and he's duffed it. And then he's gone, well, I should have just used the putter in the first place. He blamed and the club it. first. Yeah, he looked at, looked at the head of the club and was like, mate, seriously, what happened there? Yeah. These clubs are horrible. Mm, he's done the old chip, which has gone about six inches. Yeah. And then gone, well, bugger it, I'll get the putter, which he should have done in the first place, and uh, did a pretty decent putt. But anyway, at the top of the leaderboard is John Rahm, uh, six under through 16 holes. Matt Kuchar, five under through 13, obviously opening round play here. Adam Scott's two under through 15 holes. Uh, best of the Aussies so far. And uh, Tiger hasn't teed off yet, the great T Woods, as he plays today, to tee off in about... Just under half an hour's time, Tiger Woods. Um, Mido, where is Red Rock? Asks David Currajong. About 35 minutes north of Coffs Harbour. Great swimming spot, pup. I heard of Red Rock. Mm. We used to go to Coffs as a kid for, oh, okay. uh, for our holidays. Caravan Park up there. Uh, so, yeah, I heard of... Uh, that's why you haven't heard much out of me this morning about Red Rock. Right. I got that one. Okay. In, ah, the, right. in the ge- geography lesson when I was a youngster. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. You, so I'm one from... Guessing? How many have you given us? Four? Oh, I don't know. Half yeah. a dozen. Yeah, I'm, I'm one. Mm. I've known one so far. What happens when we run out of towns in New South Wales? Well, then you will go to Liverpool. You will tell us the weather in Liverpool just once. Maybe once. Thank you. Uh, now, the tributes keep coming for the great Dean Lester. If you're just tuning in, by the way, just terribly sad news yesterday. Yeah, Dean Lester died at the age of 54 after a short fight against a rare form of cancer. Just such sad news. And uh, obviously had contributions to this show, but anyone who's obviously listened to the radio looking for a punt over the years, uh, Dino, one of the best tipsters going around. Just a great bloke and a lot of tributes here. Uh, Morning, gents. Hopefully they name a race after Dean Lester over the Spring Carnival. Great man and a great tipster, Wiseau. And, uh, yeah, that's a great suggestion from Wiseau, no doubt about that. Very sad news of the passing of Dean Lester. He'll be missed by all the punters in Australia. The guy has been the best judge for years. He will be 
uh, missed. No name to that one, but keep them coming. 0419767272. Tonight, we've got a couple of trials. We've got a double header at Gosford, actually. And markets are open. You can bet on these trials, too, by the way. And uh, the markets tonight, Newcastle, Parramatta. Newcastle, $2.65. Parramatta, $1.48. Six and a half the line there. Newcastle, the plus. And then it's the Roosters up against Manly. Roosters, $1.29 with Tab. Manly, $3.60. The line, 10 and a half. Manly, the plus for that one. But particularly looking forward to seeing this new spine laws at Newcastle. Lockie Miller, Caelan Ponga, Jackson Hastings, Jaden Braley, all named to start there against Parramatta tonight. Yeah, there's still some question marks about the Knights' spine, isn't there? Lockie Miller hasn't played a lot of full, uh, fullback, uh, hasn't played a lot of NRL, uh, got an opportunity coming over from the Sevens program, Rugby Sevens program. Uh, got a couple of opportunities there with Cronulla, and he was under contract, but the Sharks released him to go and take up a three-year deal with the Newcastle Knights. Uh, so there's still a question mark about how he's going to adapt and fit into the system. Uh, you've got Kalen Ponga moving from fullback to 5'8". We know that Kalen suffered some head knocks last year. They tried it years ago when Nathan Brown was the coach, and I think it only lasted for three or four games, and they pushed him straight back to the fullback position. Uh, so he's going to have to get used to traffic running at him because you would expect uh, plenty of big bodies to be uh, putting themselves in front of Kalen Ponga and that extra load that he'll have to contend with. Um, you know, he'll have to make 20-odd tackles a game and whether he floats from one side of the field um, as he did as a fullback or whether they position him on one side. This will be something we'll look out for tonight. You've got Jackson Hastings, who's a uh, relatively uh, newcomer um, to the NRL scene. Um, you know, he's there with the Tigers last season, uh, moving now up to the Newcastle Knights. I, I like his style of footy. Um, the Tigers were looking at playing him as a 13. They didn't see him as a 7. Uh, so, you know, obviously everyone's got different opinions on their 7s. So I'm wondering what the reason was there. Was it just because they've got Luke Brooks um, on big money and they couldn't move Luke Brooks on? Um, but they decided to go with Brooks and not Hastings. Hastings, they moved to the back row last year. But he's a guy that likes to get his hands on the football. He kicks well. And I think he'll work with Caelan Ponga. I think that, you know, being that halfback plays on the ball... It might allow Ponga just to float and bob up on all parts of the field. So I'm sure they've been working on their combination. And Braley, you know, got injured last year. But their forward pack is still pretty strong. You know, you've got the Saifidi brothers up front. Austin Frizzell in the back row. They need to get a bit more out of Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, Newcastle, if you ask me where they're going to go or where they're going to finish now, I, I, I couldn't put them in my top eight. But everything going well for them and that spine clicking, I could see them scoring points. But it'll be how they defend, which will be a big concern for me. Order time in the NBL. The Kings, one win away from another grand final series appearance. And last night, the Jack Jumpers, Clarkie's second yeah. team, sometimes his first team, Ooh, yeah. made it 1-1. 89-78, they beat the New Zealand Breakers. Brad Rosen, how are you? Mate, I'm great except when Clarky goes, oh, yeah, for the Tassie Jack Jumpers. Mate, I know I love he loves buddy. Come I mean, on, Clarky. Look, no, I'm, I'm a king. I'm a king, but... You're a venomous ant. Yeah, I've got a bit of that in me. <laughs> Don't worry about that. I, mate, I'm that excited. I reckon, I reckon they're making the final. I reckon they're playing the Kings. Wow. They've got to play... They're going to New Zealand, aren't they, for game three? I cannot see them beating New Zealand, oh, but it is just... Come on. This is exactly what the Jack Jumpers did last year. Yeah. If we remember, they played Melbourne. They had Game 3 going to Melbourne. Melbourne were probably one of the best teams all year, and the Jackies did it. If, they, if there's a chance, they'll do it. There's one reason why I don't think they can. Josh McGett. This is a guy a few weeks ago got a hit in that eye socket. I was there. It was horrendous. Broke his eye socket. He's great. I don't think he's going to play Sunday. That's the difference for me. But oh, they're, tired. they're playing so good. You've got to give them credit. They got a great win done last they night that, in front of an awesome crowd. They got that fight in them, Brad, don't they? Like that. I, I, again, like I say, I, I hope the Kings win game two, go into the final, win another, win another final. But I just feel like the Jack Jumpers have got that fight in them that they seem to get written off all the time. Like they, they shouldn't even be in the finals. 
It's so true. It's unbelievable. It's so true. They've got, you know, they're not spending anywhere near as much yeah. as everyone else. And, and you know, they're, they're, they're defend the island. It's yeah. the greatest slogan you could imagine. And that's what they feel. It's us against the world. And the coach, Scott Roth, has done an outstanding job. And every time he goes in there, they know they're the underdog. They weren't playing great last night. And all of a sudden, bang, 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 and they win. And that's what they're like. So give them credit. Great job. Cannot wait for Game 3 on Sunday. I do see New Zealand winning that at home. And putting that in the context, New Zealand prior to this season were on the road for two years. Couldn't make the playoffs in disarray because of COVID. Living in, ironically, Tasmania because that's where they had to live. And to be able to go home this year, get through the playoffs, one win away from the grand final series, that's a great story as well. So game one on Wednesday night, uh, I was watching that first half and the Kings were in trouble at halftime. They were down by nine against the Taipans. How they managed to turn it around, they were sensational in the third quarter and apparently got a nice bake from their coach, Chase Buford, at halftime as well. I'm surprised you guys didn't hear from it. And you could have been in Perth the way he was talking. It was unbelievable. But look, they were, um, they were stale. That was the best way of putting it. Um, Cairns came out. They were unbelievable. Hit like 10 threes at halftime. It's 30 points you've scored, and they only scored. The Kings only scored 40 themselves. So they were pretty woeful, but I think Coach Buford told everyone what he thought. Then some, and they came out, and they were the Sydney Kings in the second half. And Xavier Cooks, MVP, man, that guy was great. You talk about Xavier Cooks being MVP, and he deserved that honour, uh, Brad, but... Is he a realistic chance of someone picking him up in a, in a higher league uh, over there in, the, in NBA, or is it this? This is just his level. No, he 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 would go. If he doesn't go, I'd be very surprised. And I'll give you an exact example: Jack White from last year from Melbourne, really good player. He's now playing in Denver, playing limited minutes, but still playing. I have no doubt, and think Xavier Cooks will will go to the NBA. Do I think he'll play a heap of minutes? That's where it will be hard for him. His outside shot is good, but not great at that level. His free throw struggle a little bit. But he's really one of those players that's so hard to guard. He's athletic. He's quick. He grabs the rebound. When he gets the rebound, he grabs the ball, and it's like three dribbles, and he's nearly at the other end of the court. They're things that you just can't teach. He's a, he will be great in the NBA. He just needs that right opportunity, and it wouldn't surprise me if he gets it this year. So tonight, Brad, $2.10 can, slide outsiders at home, plus two and a half at the line with Tab. The Kings at $1.73. Who wins? What's the margin? Now, I know this is going to shock everyone as being a Kings guy, but I think the Kings might win tonight. I know that's a big shock to everyone. Um, look, I'd be, I'd be shocked if they didn't. I think Cairns have had an outstanding season. Uh, Taj McCall is injured, uh, their guard. He popped his shoulder the other day. Don't know if he'll play tonight. There is talk that he will. I just don't think he's going to be enough. Keanu Pinder, he was a talk of the MVP and was the most in, uh, improved player this year. He won't play tonight. I just think it's too much with those two out. I think they're very good, but the Kings are another level, and I think they'll get the job done tonight, and we won't be playing Sunday. Just before we go overseas, quickly, uh Brad, a very difficult story at the moment surrounding Shane Heal. And I saw his daughter, Shyla, who's now gone to Townsville, of course, retweeted a post the other day that went along the lines of, well, if you want to play at the highest level, you have to... And if you want to play at the highest level and have thin skin, why are you there? And this came after the Sydney Flames issued a statement and then Shane Heal himself responded with one of his own, basically completely defending himself against the statement that was issued. Uh, how does this all end up? Yeah, look, I mean, honestly, I don't know. As a, as a guy that's played for the Kings, I played seasons with Shane Heal, a mate of mine. So, obviously, it's, it's really difficult to hear. The problem I have is it's just been absolutely locked in. No one knows what goes on. Shane was coaching the Flames and everything was going fine. Then all of a sudden, he's not. And then these statements came out. So, um, it, it's just a shame. You know, like Shane's a legend of the Kings. The Kings are, you know, doing an outstanding job on and off the court. And as someone that's sort of, I don't want to say, I'm caught in the middle because it's nothing to do with me, but as someone knows both sides, I just hope this sort of gets wrapped up, gets done, and, and we can get on with the love of the sport. So it is a shame. It's fair questions. I'm glad Shyla is in Townsville because the bottom line is you just want her to play, and she's an outstanding player. So it will be interesting to see what goes on. Buddy, All-Star Weekend over in the States. What can we expect? Boom, boom. Who boom, wins, boom. Who, most importantly, who wins this slam dunk competition? <laughs> That's my favourite part. <laughs> 
Mate, I would prefer to watch you slam dunk a biscuit in a cup of tea, <laughs> I mate. Agree. This thing, I would this love thing, it. It is a circus. If I can go back, you know, 10 years, 20, like that Jordan when he goes against oh, Dominique Wilkins yeah. and then you've got Vince Carter and Dee Brown doing his, you know, Reebok boots up and everything, <laughs> that's a dunk contest to me. What it is now, the problem is, is they've got these young guys that are absolute tr- Pelines the way they dunk and there's no flavour. There's nothing. It is so boring. I mean, you can jump over a car now and it's boring. I'm telling you, Clarky, you and me, we're having a biscuit dunk off, mate, and we will get more on the NBA than they will. It will be boring. Uh, Is LeBron playing? Uh, Look, I don't know, okay. and I'd be surprised if he does. Yeah, I mean, yeah. his ankle looked pretty bad, yeah. and they're going to want to race home and get this done uh, with regards to, you know, like the Lakers getting up as high as they can. They got their trades done, thank mm. God. And um, But I'd be surprised if he does, but, I mean, he'll be there. He'll be part of it. Yeah. Uh, now, the tyre fire that is the Brooklyn Nets before you go, Brad, Ben Simmons, <laughs> the coach Jacques Fawn the other day, considered he doesn't know, really know how to use him. Uh, I think he played 13 minutes for two points. So I forget which game the other day, but I went through uh, their salary details on the ESPN website and uh, Simmons is now clearly the most paid player in that side after Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were dealt away on 35 mil US a year. And yet they don't know what to do with him. I mean, how does this all play out? Because they're not going to, no one's going to take on that contract if, you know, Simmons requested a trade. Um, just what you want to hear from your head coach. Sorry, mate. Don't know what oh, you want to do. Yeah. yeah, no problems. Look, they knew what they were getting into. Everyone knows what's Ben Simmons. And to me, it's everything between his head, what that guy has gone through. He needs a coach that knows what to do with him. And if that coach doesn't know what to do with him, someone else does. Because it is like riding a bike to me. He can't be good two years ago and terrible now. That doesn't happen. So they just need someone to nurture that kid. And for me, don't trade him. There's no use. You've traded everyone else in the nets. You're going to be a train wreck. You've already decided with what you've done, you're going to rebuild. Well, sit down, rebuild that kid because he can help you, not win it. He can help you. Now, that might be a bit of an Australian flavour coming out of me, but I watched that kid in Philadelphia. He didn't get a 250 mil contract because he's terrible. Sit down, get him going, and then you're heading in the right direction. A coach to come out and say that? No. Two and a half years left, he's got to go. Go get someone else that can. Well, uh, let's finish on a high. And uh, other than the fact it's the great Michael Jordan's 60th birthday, well, today, tomorrow in the States, 17th of Feb, um, this text from Raider Man, tell Brad I was with his dad when he was inducted into the King's Hall of Fame at the game last week. Old fella was so proud. So there you go. From Mate, Raider that's man. awesome. I didn't know my dad was there. No, I'm joking. That was fantastic. <laughs> he was a very proud man. I will tell a very quick story. He was my manager as well at the end of my career. And I've never had a prouder man. And when I won my first NBL championship, which was um, which was an assistant coach, I gave him my championship oh, ring. And I've never seen my dad cry like that before. He's an absolute legend. Good old Johnny. Ah, beautiful stuff, mate. You go and have a great weekend. Go those kings! Deliciously flaky pastry on top of bottom, which is rolled extra thin, a filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. Talking about Garlo's pies, the only pies you should be putting on your plate, and Garlo's pies are simply bursting with flavour. There's heaps of flavours to choose from, and here's a thought. Take a night off from cooking, grab a Garlo's family pie for the whole crew. They're available in all Coles and Woolworth stores. And remember, we are located in the chilled meal section. If you can't find us, just ask for Garlo's pies by name. Garlo's pies, they're thin on pastry, they're big on meat and plenty of uh, tributes continue to filter through here on the text line from Duffy. Morning, boys. Sorry to hear about Dean Lester. Great punter and caller and sounds like he was a great bloke. A racing Australia should make an award for him. And uh, Joe the Botany Battler says, sad, sad news about the passing of Dean Lester. He did my Melbourne form for years. I'll now have to get my form from my mate Jimmo's. Rest in peace, legend. Good on you, Joe. And from Sky Racing, Ali Mosley joins us. Ali... Good morning to you on what is a very sad day. Yeah, I just woke up and, and had a look at Twitter. I, I didn't see the news last night. So, you know, it's such, such a sad day. And I just echo the sentiments of, of everyone else in racing. And Dino was just such a such a huge influence for, for so many people in racing, from the jockeys to everyone who had a bet. And I spent a lot of time with him in Victoria. And it's it's yeah, it's really sad news. So, so obviously, condolences to his family and, and everyone who had anything to do with Dino. Yeah, here, here. Uh, Canterbury tonight, let's start there. Is there anything in particular you like? Well, 
I don't know. I'm feeling like I do in race one, but I'm not entirely sure if, if I'm just reading this wrong totally. So Kintyre is the one I'm looking at in the two-year-old maiden here. So this is Fireburn's little brother, who everyone would remember, came out in the early two-year-old trials and was he was a bit naughty. He can feel very uh, well and culty within himself in the yard. He was um, showing that off there the first day that he came out in trial. But he trialed behind... Mark 10 and the Godfather. He was third there. Then he came out and trialed behind Barber as well. Went straight to the Kirkham. Didn't run as well as they would have liked him to, but he was just green, did everything wrong. Then they went straight to the Golden Gift on top of the ground. Of course, again, won by Barber and came up against some really handy horses. So I know they've always had a bit of an opinion of him. He had a let up with one trial coming in. I don't think his trial was... I thought his trial was, was well enough, although it didn't read as well on paper. And... He's already got the form on the board, yet he's 20 bucks tonight. So, I mean, I know he's got to improve pretty sharply, but he's raced in much stronger company than what he faces tonight. So I just thought, a bit of a throw at the stumps at the $20 quote there in the first with Kintyre. Ali, talking of two-year-olds, how do you see this silver slipper holding tomorrow? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's tricky because we're seeing, I guess, now that the difference between the Colts and the Phillies that we're starting to, to line up that we've talked about so much and, and who's going to kind of come to the fore. I think King's Gambit is very hard to beat, very hard to beat. But the whole way through, I've, I've always sort of had this opinion that the Phillies are a little bit stronger than the Colts, which, you know, we've seen so far. I think King's Gambit could turn that around. But, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to stick with him because I think he'll be too hard to beat. But then of the Phillies, I think Platinum Jubilee will run a really nice race. She's, she's always been my favourite of all the two-year-olds from the first day I saw her. When you look at the features, both here and in Melbourne, aft cabin, do you see it justifying the short quote in the Hobart Villa and also Nature Strip? Uh, well, black odds, $2.10 there for the Black Caviar Lightning. Is that a double we should be taking or would you be looking around them? Oh, I just don't like going for them that short ever. So I'm probably not ever the right person to ask that. I think there's too many progressive horses in the lightning field for Nature Strip now as an eight-year-old coming back first up to, to be able to put them away, um, which I, I hate saying because I absolutely he's my favourite horse. And I, I, I feel guilty even mentioning that, but I, I just think that the likes of Baller will give him a real run for his money. I think Rockin' Horse will as well. And, I mean, Buenos Notches is untried over a 1,000, so we don't know what he'll do. But I think I think this could be harder than it, than it looks for Nature Strip. But I don't, I don't want to tip against him because I really want him to win. <laughs> what are your best bets, Ali? Uh, well, I actually like one in Melbourne. So in, in race one... Uh, at Melbourne, I'm going with Serious Liaison. So that's number nine there for Nick Ryan and Blake Shin, at, just at the each-way value. Um, so that'll be my first best of the day. Yep. Then at Rose Hill, I'm going... Look, I, I just can't go around him at the 12 bucks. He's, he's drawn a bit of a horror gate, but I just think his run last start there when he was middle of the pack at Randwick just suggested uh, he'll be peaking here despite the wide draw, if he can get a bit of cover, I think he'll be all right there with Zach Lloyd aboard. So over the odds, 1,400 will suit. And I think if he can just get a spot in behind the speed, we'll follow him. So that's pre-emptory in race two. Then in race three, I'm with Parasol here. She was a dominant first up winner. I think she's got stacks of ability, which she always has. No weight on her back. Obviously, the good Olfens or James Cummings horses are all flying at the moment, so I like this setup for her. I think she's over the odds as well. Which which horse in race three? Sorry, Ali. That's Parasol. Parasol. Ah, oh, yes, the good Olfen horse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the Millie Fox, I think Pavitra has been trialing so well, and what she did last prep, working through the grades, was. Uh, a huge feat the way that she just kept stepping up to the plate so I think Pavitra as well is way over the odds in the Millie Fox first up her trials have been you know you just can't overlook how good her trials have been and at $11 I'll follow her as well and then just lastly I think Osipenko will uh, give Ask Cabin a real run for his money uh, in the Hobart Bill, if you want something at a little bit better value than the dollar, what is he now? Dollar dollar fifty five. Oh my goodness! And Osipenko's in Loz's multi, so that'll be music to Beautiful. his ears. I just missed the one, Ali, in race two. Uh, I didn't have one in race two. Okay. I don't think so. I just had the so I had uh, preemptory in the highway. Oh, preemptory! Sorry, it was race okay. one. 
Yeah, Got sorry, that's race one. confusing. And then Parasol in race three, Pavitra. And I also, and everyone, no one's been with me here on this one, but I'd like to just mention it because I, I, I just think everyone's saying, oh, we'll wait another run, but we're not going to get a price about him if we wait another run. It's Brosnan. I think if you, if you want to put something numbers in the Hobart, they'll throw Brosnan in there as well. Okay, love it, Ali. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend. And uh, for all our listeners, I'll repeat Ali's tips through the morning. But you have a good weekend, Ali. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks.